Our honest reviews of Don't Worry Darling, Adam Levine's Infidelity Sparks Conversations on Internet Feminism, and Why Won't We Let Marilyn Monroe Rest. We're Maggie and Jasmine, and you're listening to Culture Club, our weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We'd like to pay our respects to elders past and present. We'd also like to celebrate the rich history of First Nations culture and storytelling that we are continually learning from. This proudly always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So for like the second time or third time this year, we had a little break. I really love this for us. Like we're just embracing it, embracing life, I think, post-COVID. It's true. And like if we're being real, we have to work on weekends when we do this. So it's nice to have a little weekend moment back. Yes. Yes. I had more than just a weekend. I was overseas for two weeks, which was amazing. First like overseas trip in three years which is crazy but I went over for a family wedding in Portugal but ended up in the UK as well and saw friends and family and had a little summer moment in Portugal and Lisbon which is incredible you have to go it's like so colorful and like stunning stunning views because it's a really hilly city so like there's I think there's like seven hills or something don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> I did a four-hour walking tour, so I should know this. Um, but, yeah, it was incredible. And then I was in Brisbane, seeing Billie Eilish, and now oh, yes. back in Melbourne. So, yeah, I can chill. You had um, so many flights in such a short <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> yeah. You travel fiend. Um, but, no, honestly, uh, I can't imagine – like how tired you are but you were glowing when you came back from your trip like I felt like so much happened so like much you experienced, happened. you experienced so much life in the time that we were gone yeah and the queen died when I was away as well yeah. like historic moment um in the UK so it feels like a lifetime it feels like I was gone for six months which is good right I only had 10 yeah. days off work or something but it felt like ages so yeah ready for like spring and summertime now as well yeah spring now I love it um I also moved house in the time we we were away um I feel like dude time has just disappeared three months till Christmas yes um but honestly it was like Christmas came early for us because we got to see don't worry darling two weeks before it actually comes out for the rest of Australia so Ah! so lucky so lucky when you sent me that email, I think I was overseas and I was like, yes. oh, my God, yes, like I'll make it work. We have to go. And it was so nice to like be in a packed, packed cinema um, experiencing something for the first time with people. Okay, so we will be talking about our honest thoughts about the movie. This will be spoiler free, but even if you like, if you don't want to hear anything, skip ahead. That's okay. I would do the same probably. Um, but, yeah, we promise that there will be no spoilers here. So – The brief plot overview is that Don't Worry Darling is set in the 1950s and Alice and Jack, or Florence and Harry, live in the idealised community of Victory, which is an experimental company town that houses the men who work on this top secret project. But while the husbands work away, the wives get to enjoy 
beauty and luxury. They sit by the pool. They go shopping. Um, they do all the housework, of course, as it's the 1950s. However, when cracks in Alice's idyllic life begin to appear, exposing flashes of something sinister lurking below the surface, Alice can't help but question exactly what she's doing in Victory. Yeah, so very much like things aren't as they seem vibes. Um, And of course, like we've talked about it on the mic for the last few episodes. Every single week there's something new about the Don't Worry Darling press tour and all the drama that surrounds it, which has obviously made people super interested in the film. But of course, the cast and the director um, are all A-listers. So that's why we were super stoked to watch it. And I'm really keen to chat with you, Jazz, about actually like how you found it. Because like we were in the cinemas together, we were clutching at each other. <laughs> but then we <laughs> said a goodbye. So we actually haven't really unpacked how mm. it felt. I was pleasantly surprised. I think because the press around it was so chaotic and then the reviews from Venice Film Festival were really brutal. Um, I had quite low expectations. Like I knew it would be visually beautiful just from what we'd Mm. seen in trailers but it was like, you know, tense, emotional, scary. Um, At the very end I noticed that like the man sitting next to you was literally on the edge of his seat. Like he sat (gasps) forward to the edge of his seat and had his hands like in his chin, you know, in the last like 10 minutes. Um, the girl next to me had her hand over her mouth for like the second half of the movie the whole time. Um, and I think that's like the marker of a good movie, right, is like you enter this world and you're immersed in it for two hours. You know, it didn't feel like it felt like 10 minutes. We were both entertained. I believed in the story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they got such negative reviews really. Like maybe some holes in the plot or like maybe things weren't as explained as well as they could be. But like as a movie, it was I thought it was good. It does what a movie should do. Thank you, Jess. Okay, we are so on the same page here because something just flipped in me like after watching the movie, right? Because I was so loving the drama and the tea about Don't Worry Darling. And then it just got to a point where now after I've seen the movie, I'm like, Oh, why can't people just watch a movie and enjoy a movie? Like, mm. why do people have to try hate a movie? And obviously, like, mm-hmm. each of their own people, of course, can dislike a film for many reasons. I'm not saying it was, like, a perfect film. Like, all I am saying, same as you, is like, oh, it entertained me. Like what Harry said, it's a movie movie. It's a movie <laughs> to watch in the cinema. It's like, sorry, but that's how I feel. Um, And it was, it was grabbing. It was engaging. It had me, like suspensed up Mm. I had the worst stress stomachache afterwards I swear to god (laughs) um but I don't know that's that's kind of how it was like I I just like can't be bothered like picking it apart do you know what I mean yeah to try to find the negative I'm like ah like I enjoy that like that's genuinely how I feel I feel like most of the questions I got in my inbox was just is it worth it? And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, would I pay 20 bucks to be entertained for two hours like that? For sure. Like, for sure. And I feel like that's sometimes just like the bare minimum. That's kind of all you need. Sorry, but yeah. what Like, what else? <laughs> no, I agree. I do think the only thing for me was like the difference in acting between Florence and Harry. Like, mm. I forgot that I was watching Harry Styles, which to me as well is the marker of a good actor oh. or actress. Like, if you see them as their character, not as 
you know, Meryl Streep or whoever, but you could tell the difference in experience between Florence and Harry. That was the only thing for me. But it wasn't like so bad that like I didn't believe in them or their story. You know, there were scenes that Harry had me like tearing up in because Mm. of his like emotion. So I think good on him. That's like a pretty incredible first, you know, uh, lead character film. Yeah, and I feel like Florence is definitely the main character in this. Mm. She is the protagonist throughout, so I don't want to say anything else. Yeah. We're <laughs> Sorry. Going to spoil the I was too scared. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, our final review is that we enjoyed it and, yeah, yeah let's not pick apart things. <laughs> I mean that's I like, like our whole thing on the podcast to pick apart things, but, like, I can't – yeah, I'm just, like, shocked it got such negative reviews. Yeah, and I feel like – even if it was 10 times better, people would have a similar reaction mm-hmm. and reception to it, I think. Just saying. Just saying. Courtney Kardashian and ultra-fast fashion brand Boohoo have come under fire in recent weeks for their blatant greenwashing. Welcome back, the Kardashians, to the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Courtney was announced as the brand's sustainability ambassador. In the official press release, Courtney said, When Boohoo first approached me with this idea that was all about sustainability and style, I was concerned about the effects of the fast fashion industry on our planet. Oh my God, a Kardashian actually caring about the planet. Who'd think? But of course, she continues. It's been an enlightening experience speaking directly with industry experts. There's still lots of work to be done and improvements to be made, but I truly believe that any progress we can make when it comes to sustainability is a step in the right direction and will open up the conversation for future advancements. Nalufa Haidari from The Guardian said, Something tells me that the enlightenment she experienced was linked to a paycheck and the Kardashian inability to turn down a lucrative opportunity. So this is a couple weeks old, this news, but... Just rereading that official press release again has made me, like, so angry. It's just blatant greenwashing. Like, it's just so disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because, like, why do I feel almost indifferent about it? I'm like, oh, yeah, like, of course this yeah. has happened. Like, these two figureheads of, um, like, overconsumption, of course I've come together to do mm. something as, like, wild and, like, dystopian as this. Like, I'm like, it's – like a laughable and mm. I wonder but then like if we're being serious about it, I'm like okay like what are the consequences is there like a 14 year old girl at home who's like doesn't know much about sustainability and this is her first introduction to her and she thinks that boohoo is sustainable mm-hmm. um but it was actually very interesting when you're reading out that press release and the fact that Courtney references sustainability and fast fashion I'm like whoa is this like one of the first times they have explicitly talked about this kind of because it's easy in my brain um, I think these are smart women I don't think that they're um, they're ignorant to fast fashion but it's almost easy to be like oh yeah like that's a separate world like they don't even they don't even ever touch anything to do with sustainability but here they are doing that yeah and also what gets me is that when would Courtney Kardashian ever wear Boohoo as well? Like it's such a weird yeah. partnership. Like you get the Love Island um, collaborations and, you know, kind of like C-list celebrities, whatever. But to have a Kardashian as like kind of endorsing this super fast fashion brand that they wouldn't wear seems off to me as well. I'm like, 
just the greed has no limits to me in terms of like she has poosh she has you know all these different brand deals all of them do they have like billions of dollars but like the greed just is it's never enough like they can never be satisfied so then they have to like do these ridiculous brand deals that don't even make sense to their personal brand um but also just adding like a few million dollars to their pockets when like they already have enough you know I wonder if it's because like actual sustainability um ambassadors would turn like are Mm. turning down jobs like this like oh become our spokesperson um so they do have to go to people who just don't actually care about matters like this but let's actually look at the collection a little bit so apparently it includes 46 limited edition pieces of clothing made from quote recycled fibers traceable cotton recycled sequins and recycled polyester as well as quote transparent practices for shoppers who want to learn more about the apparel according to the guardian quote it seems that most of the heavy lifting sustainability wise will actually be done by the social content series that's being released alongside this collection which sees footage of kardashian talking to a variety of glossy experts about how fast fashion is killing the planet before merrily heading off to co-sign some more of it being made this guardian article it's an opinion piece but it's so good obviously as always will be linked in the show notes but it is just like so kind of salty and like sassy i love it so much like the opening line is good news for people who like being lied to and wearing clothes that smell of petrochemicals (laughs) that's so good i just don't know how they're gonna greenwash their way around this if they're supposedly talking about like the terrible Mm. dangers of fast fashion and then you know at the same time promoting their plastic clothes we'll see I guess um and of course yeah when you think of sustainability you don't think about Courtney you know she has been called out for using 245 percent of her California water budget in one month during a drought and of course you know she's going to have her private jets like her siblings Courtney also held a Boohoo runway at New York Fashion Week recently, which apparently was a disaster, with the runway needing to be restarted three times due to the lights and music not working. And it was, like, getting dragged on TikTok as well for, like, influencers dressing up in these super cheap clothes, like, not caring about actual New York Fashion Week. It's just some, like, influencer party. So, yeah, this hasn't really done Courtney any favours in terms of personal branding. Speaking of Courtney, she's going to be a two-timing guest on this podcast episode. Um, She's also made headlines this week and the internet has kind of been praising her for slamming body shaming comments. Uh, But I'm wondering, should they be praising her in the first place? So to give some context here, Courtney posted on Instagram a little photo dump, a little carousel um, of mirror selfies in her in a nude strapless bra and undies. And because of a couple of the photos, um, namely there's like one photo where her hand is on her belly, she was faced with questions surrounding her pregnancy status. Stop, because I thought she was holding a baby bump, one comment read. Another said, wait a minute, did I miss that she's pregnant? To which Courtney responded, nope, but you're missing a woman's body. Alrighty. So did you see this happen, Jazz? I did not. I like totally miss this. But I mean, to be honest, the pose is giving. Not that we, no one should ever question people's pregnancies. We have learned this. It's 2022. But like, 
I feel like she knows what she's doing as well in terms of like getting people talking, getting people engaging. You just put your hand on your stomach and people know you're trying for a baby, then people are going to ask questions. And it was interesting because the way I came across this was like I saw (laughs) – I get so embarrassed when I say that. I saw something on Facebook. (laughs) Um, But I did – I actually look at Facebook sometimes. It's really bad. Anyway, um, (laughs) but I just saw, you know – a post on this kind of like women's page and it was like yes queen crown emoji like clap emoji and you know people are like loving her for shutting down these comments and my initial reaction when I just saw nope but you're missing a woman's body was just so off-putting I kind of just like I cringed so hard because like it feels so exclusionary for like the different types of women like there's no one way a woman's body should look like we understand what she's trying to say like oh like a woman's body is like a natural like a real body like a real body right like I hate when people say shit like that Um, how do you like are you seeing where I'm coming from kind of I think like you're missing a woman's body full stop is like a weird sentence to say like it's just a weird word and phrase to use um but it's interesting seeing the kardashians like defending body positivity and like getting into this space Mm. because we've spoken about this before but they're kind of victims of their own branding in a way like they're the ones who kind of stole bbl aesthetics from black women you know all the liposuction all the like personal training and personal chefs to like create and design these like kind of socially acceptable or like the pinnacle of uh, like beauty standards in the 2010s and now times are changing and like yeah it's interesting seeing all the different Uh, conversations coming from that exactly right it's like let's not pretend that they're not the ones spearheading this like snatch body goals Mm. unattainable movement like you're saying um so it's like okay when courtney's fans question like oh is this like your normal body let's say it's like well courtney it's because you put this image out of yourself that's always um i guess like edited Mm. or photoshopped i guess yeah um but yeah, I agree. I mean, like flat out, we shouldn't be questioning people's pregnancy status and assuming um, about all that jazz, especially because she has talked about her awful experience with IVF earlier this year as well. So it's a touchy subject no matter what, I would say. Um, so yeah, earlier this year, according to Harper's Bazaar, um, in an episode of The Kardashians, she said in a confessional Travis and I want to have a baby, so my doctor took us down the road of doing IVF and it hasn't been the most amazing experience. And also in that initial trailer, Courtney tells Chris Jenner, quote, it's so easy to comment on people when you have no idea what they're actually going through. I watched the first episode of season two of The Kardashians last night. I never ended up finishing hey. season one, um, just like lost interest, but started season two and it was actually like a very – moving and emotional episode it was all about chloe um Mm. and her finding out that travis was having another baby with another woman like when she was due with this surrogate and it was really like full on and i think it's going to be interesting to see this season and like how quote-unquote real they're going to get with the cameras um because we all know that they're kind of going through like a pr crisis of people not 
relating to them anymore. People don't think that they're that aspirational anymore. Well, a percentage of people. Um, people want them to be more real. So, yeah, let's see. Let me know if anyone else is watching The Kardashians because I don't really know many people who watch it. <laughs> Pop culture icon and actress Marilyn Monroe died on the 4th of August, 1962. But 50 years later, her likeness is on the cover of CR fashion book China. The cover attempts to reimagine Marilyn if she had seen success today. And CR worked with cutting edge CGI technology for a virtual shoot. And Monroe's state, of course, was also involved. So in these photos, Marilyn is dressed in iconic pieces from fashion houses like Tom Brown, Balenciaga, Miu Miu, Fendi, Belmont, and is also wearing pieces from digital fashion houses too. So very, very futuristic. Yeah. So the covers are beautiful. Like they look like genuine glossy covers. Um, The clothes are stunning, but it's kind of freaky as well. It is like looking at a ghost. Or like um, looking at an AI because technically it is. Like it's not – she's not a real person. And especially because they've kind of changed her look a little bit to make her look modern. It's like a bit Uncanny Valley vibes. Yes, very much Uncanny Valley because Marilyn is such an iconic figure and her look is so recognisable. But like there's something just – like yeah, it feels Mm. like there's something off because she looks different to like the old photographs we've seen her or the old movies we've seen her in it makes me feel very uncomfortable you sent a tiktok about it to me and i was like no (laughs) like it was so weird and seeing her dressed in like modern clothes as well i was like oh like and especially when it's related to like the selling of clothes and like capitalism it's like oh is this what she would have wanted Mm -hmm. so karine rotfield cr fashion books founder and creative director said created using a blend of traditional editorial production and digital technology each look was first styled via body double and then virtually added onto marilyn by the amazing image team at now open marilyn's likeness has been captured in many forms over the past few decades so it was exciting to imagine her within this fantastical new medium for cr china And the reason why we're seeing this cover now is that there is a new Marilyn revival coming played by Anna de Armas um, and that movie is called Blonde. But this isn't even the first movie of Marilyn's life though. So back in 2011, there was a film called My Week with Marilyn and in the 80s, there was a movie called Marilyn, The Untold Story. So if it was The Untold Story now, I feel like this is the third time we're telling that story. Okay, so we know that Marilyn lived an intense and honestly traumatic life. She changed pop culture forever and was kind of the instigator of personal brands. But my question is, why can't we let her rest? Because in 2020, Forbes listed Monroe as the 13th highest paid dead celebrity, ranking in $8 million, a little less than the $13 million her estate earned prior. Forbes reported at the time that her likeness was officially licensed by nearly 100 brands globally, including Dolce & Gabbana and Lego Group. <laughs> Wait, what the heck? The, the two genders. <laughs> um, that's ridiculous. And like just hearing about that list, like, oh my God, there's a Forbes list of the highest paid dead celebrities. I'm like, what planet do we live on? Like that is so... I just can't wrap my head around this stuff. Like, oh, it just makes me feel gross. Um, And it's like, when will this stop? You know, 
how much money will she continue to bring in and who is you know who is in charge of her estate like where are these profits being shared there's just so many questions I think it sparks I read this great article for The Cut titled Let the Woman Rest by Emily Kirkpatrick and Emily says quote a persona that now decades after her death threatens to totally eclipse her actuality and erase any genuine human complexity that doesn't align with her best-selling tragic paradigm Monroe is no longer a person, but a void that members of the public can fill with their own vague desires. She has been transformed into a shorthand for the impossible feminine ideal. America's Madonna Hall complex played out at large, and as such, she has become the perfect marketing tool, a face now as synonymous with our modern capitalist landscape as McDonald's or Coca-Cola. Emily says, even when a project revolving around her does attempt to move beyond this surface level to address her fraught inner life, it can't help but come across as cliche, as the very idea of Munro has become little more than a lazy trope, a metaphor for a particular type of woman. The real actress behind the omnipresent, corporatized version of her that now looms large in our daily lives as consumers has long since ceased to exist, if she ever did. Yeah, it's a brilliant article. It will be linked in the show notes, of course. So my question is, will you be watching Marilyn? I thought I would actually. Um, I've seen a little bit about it online. Um, Anna de Armas was talking about how she, in between um, like sh- shots and um, in between takes, she like remains in character and the team, I think it was like the director, ha- like actually dressed up a lot of the cast um, and like makeup team and blah, blah, blah in period um, wow. wear. So, you know, those shots can be used for the movie, etc. which I found interesting. So, I don't know. I didn't really know if there was many ethical issues with the film, but I guess like I'll think about it, mm. but I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so as well, which is like ironic because I'm like, let her rest, but also it's fascinating to see what people do with her image and yeah, whether this will be like an accurate depiction or like just an, another kind of like male director thinks Marilyn is like the bombshell of the 20th century and you know <laughs> wants to watch her sex. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who the director is, by the way. I'm not accusing anyone. But <laughs> no, yeah, no, I get you. Like, I don't know if this is cognitive dissonance, but something like this magazine cover, I'm like, oh, they're selling me a product, and I understand they're still selling a product with this film, but it doesn't feel mm. as as much that way. We couldn't have a comeback episode without chatting about one of the biggest celebrity scandals of 2022 so far. So, of course, Maroon 5 singer Adam Levine was exposed on TikTok by a woman named Sumner Stroh. The influencer and model claimed they had a year-long affair. Quote, I was having an affair with a man who's married to a Victoria's Secret model. Flex Mummy also pointed out how rude it was that Sumner chose to refer to Bahati Prinsloo as a Victoria's Secret model. People in Flex's comments pointed out that it was purposeful and intentional to dehumanise Bahati. So true. And I also got served like Sumner's original video on my For You page like pretty Mm -hmm. early on. And I remember like, because like this is before I read anything about it because I was just getting it live, I guess. And when she started the video with like that like, Blah, 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 Victoria, Victoria's Secret model. I was like, whoa, like this is definitely like 
story time, mm-hmm. like story time. Like I want to share, like kind of like it's it's the recipe for like a viral story, I guess. Like lots of different elements of obviously a very famous mega male star. Victoria's Secret model is like like juicy, etc. Yeah. Let's continue. So Sumner says. At the time, I was young, I was naive, I was very easily manipulated. My morals were unknowingly compromised. I was completely manipulated, but I had sent some screenshots recklessly to some friends that I trusted, and one had attempted to sell them, so here I am. So in the TikTok video, Samna kind of goes into detail about um, her relationship with Adam, um, and she said that once the pair reportedly ended their relationship, he reached out to her on Instagram DMs and said, okay, serious question. I'm having another baby. And if it's a boy, I want to name it Sumna. Um, and yeah, Sumna claimed showing screenshots of these messages uh, that he asked, you okay with that? Dead serious. Since Sumner's first video, more women have come out with these texts and the cringy sex you've been seeing all over your Instagram meme pages. And it's prompted a big conversation online around feminism as well as being the other woman. So Adam denied cheating on Bahati in a statement shared on his Instagram story this week, but admitted to, quote, inappropriate interactions, writing, I use poor judgment in speaking with anyone other than my wife in any kind of flirtatious manner. I did not have an affair. Nevertheless, I crossed the line during a regrettable period of my life. Everyone online seemed to be like, poor Bahati, like she's pregnant. Imagine she's like, imagine going through this when you're pregnant but they seem you don't know what's going on behind closed doors of course but they seem to put on a united front this week Mm. as they were packed together out walking with one of their daughters looking normal like looking happy together um which caused the internet and tiktok especially to ask whether they are in a polyamorous relationship if both of them have you know side pieces if they don't care like if Baha'i doesn't care um and maybe that's why Adam is saying I didn't cheat. It's like it's not cheating if you're if you're in an open relationship, right? Um, but I think the biggest conversation out of this has been just like watching the internet whip up this frenzy of like pitting women against each other. Yeah. My main question coming out of this as well is like who's actually copying heat more for this, Adam mm. or Sumner? Like when I – like I <laughs> – genuinely have like almost no problem with Sumner like I don't mind (laughs) and I understand like I mean we all have our um Mm. like opinions on different like moral issues like cheating and stuff like that and um I just find it so confronting the way that people have piled on um on her I I feel like that's probably why I probably feel more sympathy towards her um like this obvious like I don't I'm not saying that I condone cheating or whatever it is I'm just saying like I don't understand why people are coming at her so yeah so hard and fast yeah and TikTok has just been like helping this rumor mill so much like I saw a video my for you page delivered to me of like Sumner's uh brother's ex-girlfriend who dated the brother like three years ago who was like Sumner's like the most manipulative person I've ever met like she bullied me she made my life a living hell like had screenshots she knows what she's doing she's a marketing major uh there's also conversations Mm. around kind of personal responsibility in this like like Sumner wasn't a teenager like yeah she's a young woman but like 
I guess there's been conversations around um, taking responsibility for your actions as an adult, um, Mm. which has been interesting to see. And like everyone knows Adam Levine was married and, yeah, just people have been questioning whether, you know, that friend who was leaking it, is that true? But like no one knows, right? Like that's a thing. We can like sit here all day and theorise around all these different rumours from each side but I think what has stood out to me the most is seeing the internet pitting women against each other. So like your your team Bahati or your team Summer, your team Olivia or your team Florence. And I think this is this has been theorized a lot on the internet. This is not an original take, but I think we are beginning to see the effects of the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp mm. case in terms of like shredding women either way. Like taking sides in different situations when one we don't know what's real or what's false especially in Hollywood you know we're always kind of theorizing is this PR do they know what's going on but also in situations like that aren't always black and white I think that so much of life is in the gray area there are rare rare few things that are black and white in life and the polarizing nature of the internet the way that TikTok algorithms, Instagram algorithms make you see the same content. So then you're like, oh, yes, I believe this. Like, yeah, someone is like Mm. a cheating bitch or whatever it is. It makes us seem like we have to take sides and you can't question or see things as confusing or see things like, okay, maybe Sumner was manipulated, but maybe, like, maybe Sumner was manipulated, but also maybe she was a terrible human to that, like, young girl as well. Like, both things can be true. And it feels like, yeah. especially on TikTok, it's like all or nothing. Like if your team, some mm-hmm. are like, oh, my God, how could you not believe women? Or you know what I mean? Do you agree? Like do you think you've seen that as yes, well yeah. like this week? Yeah, well, I actually hadn't seen it put so like explicitly, I think, like the effects of the Amber Heard trial of – um, you know, you just pulled out the examples of this, of course, but also like Olivia and Florence. It's this whole theme of like, do mm. we believe women? Like, are these women out to deceive mm-hmm. us? Like, there's there's a lot of spite and almost like gleefulness um, around our conversations about this. Like, yes, on a surface level, like what we're talking about is celebrity tea, like celebrity drama. But like underneath that, it's like, wow, people are so ready to just like not like like I don't know like to catch women out like oh like these scheming manipulative women like that's really scary that like that is what people jump to instantly and I think yes skepticism is Mm. healthy and like not just believing anything or whatever that's not Mm -hmm. what I'm saying obviously but oh yeah I saw it again literally last night with um there were pictures released on the day of the don't worry darling you know official American cinema release so anyone in America can go see it now and it was paparazzi pictures of Harry and Olivia hugging and um people were like how can this be a PR relationship like now that sorry this isn't two women but it's more about like Olivia's deceiving us like this is just a PR stunt relationship and people are like oh now like she's not deceiving us I don't know it's like maybe Olivia's just like a talented director who fell in love with her co-star and they've been together you know supposedly for two years like maybe she's not this like evil like person which is kind of what we said yeah. well she's not an evil but that's you know an exaggeration but you know this deceiving and manipulative person who's out to get the harrys and whatever which is what we said with that variety 
interview in our last episode a few weeks ago. So yeah, I think the conversations are coming out of it interesting, but I know Shameless has said something similar in that like this is just the beginning of the effects of the Amber Heard like um, trial and like the memification of women's pain and all these things. Terrible. Um, I also saw everybody's favorite internet culture writer analysis rain fisher kwan um speak about this on tiktok um and there she talked about the hypocritical nature of the feminist dialogue around this so one thing in particular were the sling of um like body language analysis trying to like catch out some not being like okay her chin was pointed this way or like the way that she's looking at this corner blah 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 and rain said that they painted her as quote like impossibly manipulative cold and calculated and then like the weird double standards or like juxtaposition of that with like you know these women are trying to lie to you but they're also not quite smart or talented enough to like get away with it so that's why we can Mm. like pick apart what they're doing and I think like such a big point of brains that I think is so true is that she talks about how quote-unquote morally impure women are still deserving of respect and empathy because someone yes is being so slut shamed she's being dragged by the internet being being blamed for the downfall of Adam's marriage or whatever and I love that Rain pointed out you know that Sumner was eight years old the first time Adam cheated on his partner slash wife. You know, like this is like we can't blame her for everything. Rain also had a great quote that said, it's inconceivable that a woman could do something wrong and also not deserve mass misogynistic vitriolic mob punishment, which is what I was trying to say before. That's much more eloquent of like things are gray. Like she can, you know, may have made the wrong decision to sleep with a married man but that doesn't mean she deserves to be dragged by the internet and such aimed and um you know I also think going back to your like the body language TikTok and these Mm. analysts describing her as impossibly manipulative cold and calculated that comes from the Amber Heard trial where people were like watching Amber Heard's body language and be like oh she's lying because like she's not crying about this or she's lying because like you know she's looking down at her notes like that's what that's what this is coming like body and language analysts were doing that for the Amber Heard trial and now this is like just going to every time there's like a celebrity drama that involves women especially like younger women or sex workers Instagram models etc like this is what's going to happen every time. Yes and sorry just to add to it Rain pointed out how frightening this is for women in general because a lot of the body language things that people were picking up on were typically Mm. feminine traits so she talked about vocal fry or like you know potentially like talking with your hands like all this stuff that affects Mm -hmm. us like that is how we move through the world and and that's scary so it has been a few weeks since we've recorded so what have you been loving watching reading listening to or what is the highlight for you oh my goodness actually you asking me that has reminded me that like I've consumed so much stuff I love that ranges from podcasts tv shows and books but today I just want to bring up one I feel like this has kind of been like the giddy show that I really love talking about and it is the bear Uh, I keep calling it the chef so (laughs) if I accidentally do that just stay with me Um, but yes the bear came out 
um, on Disney Plus in Australia just a few weeks ago, but you know, the US got it back in like June or July or something like that. And I'm so glad we have the Hot Chef show now. So I know that Jazz, you finished watching it last night as well. So we are big fans of this show on the pod. A brief summary of it is basically following this guy called Kami, who was this incredible, prestigious chef who, you know, was working at one of the top restaurants in the US. And after a sudden death of his brother, he gets pulled back to his hometown and he has to run like the little diner that his brother owned. And it kind of goes through like the complicated relationship of him and his family, but um, it really looks at like this hustle and bustle working environment of this small like sandwich shop kind of thing. Yeah. And like the tension between new staff that Carmen's brought in and like kind of legacy staff who've been there for like years and like this is the way things have always been and him trying to like make it kind of a cool place or people you know with really great food people want to actually eat in rather than just like the local um place so sorry I'm like jumping on your (laughs) continue no perfect um no exactly right and I think what really pulled me into this show was the beautiful focus on food like food is such a visual like visually beautiful like I don't know theme throughout the show of course um and it's just Oh, gorgeous to watch I don't know I don't know how to talk about films that much but like each shot is beautiful it's kind of like film like shot on film kind of vibes um it's really fast paced a lot of people have talked about how like intense yeah. the show is like a lot of people have had to stop I fucking love it though like I love it like this yeah. yeah um I feel like this is so problematic to say because I haven't worked in um, hospitality I told this to jazz that I could just see your eyes like rolling to the back of your head the other week I would like to make clear like I've worked in retail and like I've had casual jobs uh, but I was like wow like this makes me want to work like hospitality in a kitchen for like a day because <laughs> it's so intense like it is beyond but I'm like wow this like adrenaline feeling is mm. um like you kind of experience it as an audience mm-hmm. member um and, and and I have to mention of course the lead actor is Jeremy Allen White who is just supremely hot like that's it yes real ones <laughs> will remember him as lip in shameless us amazing show and also shameless is set in Chicago and it follows him as like you know a young teen up to like early 20s and so I've spoken to some people about The Bear and people are like, don't you feel like you're just watching Lip, like, grown up? Like, it's kind of similar character, like, um, wow. like a really sweet and genuine guy who cares about people but also is just in, like, shit situations that causes him to react certain ways. So they're very similar um, characters. So if you have, like, a The Bear kind of craving, go back and watch Shameless. But, yeah, I watched episode seven of the show, like, no spoilers, but it was all kind of filmed, like, within the one day. And it's just so like I was eating dinner as I was watching it and I felt like started feeling stress from it because you really do feel like you're in the kitchen, like the shots are really like choppy and like it follows. I'm pretty sure that was filmed in one take. Like it just follows people around. There's a lot yeah, of one take yeah, throughout the kitchen, yeah. um, this tiny little kitchen. But yeah, such a good show. I haven't seen anything like it, you know, in ages. Just like it really gets you into that world and um, yeah. Yeah. Would recommend. Yes, because like 
and this is like a very tiny small recommendation off that is if you love food kind of shows and movies it kind of reminded me of this taiwanese comedy drama film from the 90s called eat drink mad huh. woman <laughs> it's just the funniest name i'm pretty sure yeah it's not in english but subtitles are fine but like the food shots and the cooking shots of that were just so beautiful so oh, wow. yeah um storylines nothing right. the same but anyway just the shots yes i'm glad that you watched this too um, but anyway, now it is time for your real recommendation this week. So what do you have to bring to us today? So like you, I also been watching such good TV and movies lately. It seems like lots is coming out. But one thing that stuck out to me this weekend was Do Revenge. So it's a dark comedy on Netflix that mixes, for me, all the best parts of teen dramas, but with 2022's views and politics on like sexism and race and stuff. So it stars Riverdale's Cami Mendez and Stranger Things' Maya Hawke as the two main protagonists and also Ethan from Euphoria or Austin Abrahams as the love interest. So a quick plot. I know you've seen this, but I'll just do a quick plot. Um, popular girl Drea wants revenge on her boyfriend for publishing her sex tape and exchange student Eleanor is haunted by a rumour. The two teenagers then team up to take action against their tormentors and chaos ensues but what I love about it is just the references to all the teen movies like Mean Girls where Dre is like standing in the hallway the uniforms are like Heathers and like the conversations they have about like killing people not not a spoiler um is, is like Heathers there's a scene where Drea is like standing and talking to someone someone some guy and in the back you see Horowitz Hall as in Cher Horowitz from Clueless. There's all these little like Easter eggs and references and the credits at the end could have made me cry. They were like all glittery and like pink and they had like, you know, cars and like collages and reminded me of like the Lindsay Lohan movies growing up, like Just My Luck or Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Um, the storyline was good. I really, I did enjoy it and it, um, you felt empathy for all the different characters and I thought it was just like that classic teen movie, like nothing too deep. So if you want something that's like really pretty to look at, fun um, and really modern but also has a nostalgia of teen movies, watch Do Revenge. And the, and the scene um, with the paint. Yes. Kind of like paint balloons from 10 Things yes. I Hate About You. And Princess Diaries as well that I reminded me of at the start. Which oh, yes. Is the mom. So many kind of – which. People may review that as like, oh, it's a cliche, like it's just a mishmash. But it's also self-aware in that um, I think there's a scene where maybe it's the makeover scene or something, but Drea is like, yes. oh, in the – like to kind of respect every teen movie, we have to do this. And it's like some like cliched trope. Um, so they kind of are laughing at themselves as well, all the, the directors. And it's like, you know, female-directed, female-produced etc which makes a big difference I think when you're depicting teenage girls cute um yeah Jazz has slaughtered me for this because I've got 18 <laughs> minutes left of it to watch but I blame my little sister because we were watching together at nine she was so tired she was so tired she couldn't minutes. finish it so um I yeah Jazz I was like, like that what? is unchanged behavior that, that is was weird yeah <laughs> I know well like I was ready to finish it but anyway um I'm not as like I loved let's say like the first half especially like it's beautiful like visually and like the little like mm. text that comes up on the screen for like each season 
so pretty just mm-hmm. so fun to watch like i love watching things like this but then i'm not convinced that yeah. some points but that's okay and i feel like that's also a trope <laughs> of teen movies like some of the plot lines you're like oh my god like this is so like this would never happen in real life kind of vibes but that's also what makes it fun yes we love all right what an episode thank you again listeners for tuning back into culture club even though we've taken a long break we love having yes thank you so much for always coming back to us even though we're like living life (laughs) (laughs) okay we'll talk to you next week love you Bye. bye